Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. We are recording this on Halloween. I know. Happy Happy Halloween. Halloween. (laughs) So whether you have finished your trick-or-treating or or, uh, where I live, we're trick-or-treating still tonight on Halloween. Nice. um, We thought this was a really good opportunity to talk about sweets because it seems like that Halloween is the official kickoff to the sugary sweet season, isn't it? (laughs) Yep. For sure. So we brought on tonight a uh, registered dietitian who is also a feeding expert with families and kids, Michelle Hoffman, who is joining us. And we plan to sort of talk about as we get into the secret, the season of sweets, some of our secrets for managing those sweets uh, as we go through the holidays. Welcome back, and yeah, it's Halloween today, and we brought back Michelle Hoffman. If you remember, last year we talked to her around uh, Christmas time, I think, in the holidays. Um, And just as a reminder, Michelle, she has been a registered dietitian for almost seven years. She's got her master's in public health from Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, she's here back in Columbus, Ohio, where her roots are. She's worked in a variety of settings with corporate wellness, community nutrition, community nutrition, and most recently as a contract dietitian with a dietitian in your kitchen. Uh, so she works with me, and I'm really excited to have her back. If you want to say hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> excited to be back. Yeah. Yeah. So I know in my neighborhood, we've already had trick or treat just going to jump right into it here. So yeah, we've already had trick or treat and the kids came by on Thursday and for an hour we had like a ton of kids and then it rained. <laughs> and I think that's why a couple neighborhoods I know canceled theirs and moved it to Halloween. Uh, so anyway, I have a lot of Halloween candy left over because of that. So I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who might also have a lot of uh, Halloween candy on hand. I've got to say I'm in the exact same boat as yeah. you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. The rain came and the, the big bag of candy did not get yep. um, <laughs> emptied. So <laughs> I have a big bag just kind of staring me at the face right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we thought originally we would talk about like what 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 do people do with leftover candy? Like, and then what do you do with your kids in particular? Because I know you like to work with families. Uh, we'd start this episode just talking about Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. Now that we might all have a lot left over, or after tonight you might have some with your kids. And I'm sorry, you'll be kind of hearing this a couple days later, but or maybe this is even a month later. But <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's good to know what do you do when you have a lot of candy hanging around. Yeah. So every family is different, but in general, I think it's good to to allow kids to have some of that candy without with and not withholding it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, if we if we aren't letting kids enjoy candy like it's no big deal, then what you're doing is you're putting it on this pedestal. And when you do that, when you put candy in on a pedestal, it it creates this almost emotional attachment 
to this candy and it makes it almost more special than it really needs to be which can lead to certain behaviors like overeating something I see a lot working with families and kids Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you know you told us a story before we got started today that you grew up in a house where candy was kind of restricted, but maybe not for the reason that yeah. you Yes, yes. Oh, I love the story if you'd like to share that. Yeah, so I grew up in a family where uh, my parents are still are dentists to this day. So junk food was sort of a no-no for different reasons, <laughs> not necessarily because it might not be good for our bodies, but because it can be bad for our teeth. (laughs) So during uh, Halloween, I was very energetic as a kid. I was out the door the second it started and I wasn't back home until like the very end. So, and I, you know, I had a big pillowcase. I always had a big bag and I wanted to fill that. It was Uh more like a challenge than anything. (laughs) Like how full can it get this? Right. And, and so then my friends and I would have our little trade off where we'd trade candies, things that we didn't like for things that other people didn't like. Right. And so Uh then you you have even more, more candy that you like. (laughs) And, and so what I had to do was I had to hide my candy Mm. because the few times my dad found it, he (laughs) actually would just throw it all away. (gasps) So, yeah, it led to this behavior uh, where I felt like I had to hide it and hoard it for months. And at that point, it was almost like eating it out of spite in a way, (laughs) kind of like rebelling. And and it wasn't even good after a couple of months. It was stale. (laughs) But it didn't matter because, like, it was my candy and it was this, like, secret. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it it led to some pretty unhealthy eating patterns (laughs) because, again, I knew that... For him, it was a no. It was this black and white, this is bad. So, uh, therefore, as a kid, I was like, yeah, I need to hide it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think a lot of parents struggle with that, especially parents of children in larger bodies. Because, you know, it's a real struggle for parents, especially when they're maybe getting a message from a well-meaning pediatrician to watch what their child is eating or... Uh, messages from other parents that your child is in a larger body than my child is in. Is there something wrong with that? You know, sometimes kids get into a situation where they're so excited, you know, not only about Halloween, but sugary treats to come here in the holidays at Christmas and Thanksgiving. It can be a bit of a struggle. And if they're made to feel ashamed of it, then it's, it's very difficult. And, you know, even if you think about with Halloween, some parents will you know, take candy away or, you know, feel like they have to take custody of it or even, you know, ask the child if the child doesn't want to, to trade it in for something or donate it. Right. How do you feel about that as a dietitian? You know, if the child's up for that, I guess that's one thing. But if the child is like, I don't want to do that and my parent's making me do that because I'm in a larger body, my question as a dietitian is always, would you be treating your child differently if they were not in a larger body? Yeah. That's a really good point. And it's hard because we we see size as like this equals health, small equals healthy. And, you know, in fact, when you're talking about your impressionable child's weight almost in front of them, that's so dangerous and it can lead to 
restriction in their teenage years. It can lead to disordered eating patterns, if not something even worse. And so, yeah, focusing on weight and and numbers around kids is so dangerous. And instead, I think we really need to be focusing more on their, what they're able to do, you know, focusing on praising them for, you know, maybe, you know, just because you're in a larger size doesn't mean that you're not able to be active and run around with your smaller sized friends. Mm -hmm. And so focusing on praising them and, and avoiding that kind of talk about diet and restriction you know, I think is really important and it's difficult, especially because diet culture is talked about. It's everywhere. It's in social media. It's on TikTok. I'm seeing it. And and there are studies recently coming out about how, you know, these TikTokers or Instagram influencers talk about what they eat in a day and how that can lead to disordered eating patterns in young kids. Mm -hmm. It's really dangerous. And it is. And even parents, you know, they talk about their own weight in front of kids and Mm -hmm. say, you know, I need to go on a diet. I need to lose you know, so in this many pounds or my thighs look horrible in these. And even talking about your own body in that way, your kids see it. They're so impressionable and it can have a real impact on them. So it's really dangerous. It's slippery slope. Yeah. You know, I think some parents feel like they are getting pressure from medical providers about their child's size. And it's tough because you want to be seen as a good parent. You don't want to say, well, I don't want to talk about that, my child's weight, or I, you know, I think there are things that you can do if you have a a provider that's wanting to talk about weight, the child does not need to be in the room for that speech. You know, that is not an appropriate thing. But the other thing is, you know, you have parents, like you mentioned, how they talk about themselves is so important. You know, I've seen that I can't have candy in the house because I can't trust myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, what did I see a meme the other day? If you, (laughs) if you restrict it, they will obsess about it. Uh Uh-huh. It's so true. I could not agree more. Yeah, for sure. I, I have the same thing. I definitely see a lot of clients who will come to me and say, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. This candy's in the house. And then, you know, it just calls to them and they eat it all the time. So Mm -hmm. any suggestions that you have for dealing with that, even just for parents as well as the kids? Yeah. I mean, I think that just saying you can't have it and you're not allowed to have it in the house and creating your own rules around food like that is going to make you, like you just said, Amy, it's going to make you fixate on, fixate on it. And so one strategy would actually be to, allow candy to be in the house all year round rather than only at certain quote-unquote special times of the year Mm -hmm. where then again you're going to start fixating on it more rather than if you had it around all year I know Laura I know for you you have a a candy drawer that you had growing up in your family and maybe you can attest to this but because it's there all the time it's not this special thing this like forbidden fruit almost Uh so to speak (laughs) absolutely I feel like I can attest to that I do see that in my kids neither one of them could care less about desserts and sweets at this point and which is better than me (laughs) like I, I still like it every once in a while but again it's just it's there it's available but it's you know, it's just not something that they can't have. So if they wanted it, they could have it. And I feel like that I see other kids who come into our house who obviously don't have that in their home. 
and they can't keep their hands out of my candy jar. Yes. 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 Our house was known as the healthy house, quote unquote, healthy house. (laughs) So I loved going over to my friend's house. I had one who had a jar of Oreos on the Mm -hmm. counter and it was always stocked always stocked wow. and and I mean there were sleepovers we had where I would eat that and like eat cookie dough and I, I would eat it to the point of getting sick right I got sick a couple of times because I yeah. ate so much of it because it was like kind of like a now or never situation right right <laughs> but I think that's an interesting thing you bring up and I've I've heard a lot of parents say that they've let their kid do that like eat to the point where they get sick and it's a consequence right Mm -hmm. and then you can talk your child through that oh I'm sorry you're not feeling well and what do you think that was or why do you think you're feeling this way and if they had identify with, I might have overdone the candy. You know what I mean? It's a good teachable moment, right? Mm -hmm. Any suggestions on that teachable moment or yeah, do you just agree? (laughs) Well, one thing I think, the way you talk to your children about about food and and eating, you know, the fact that you're asking these open-ended questions, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than saying, being accusatory, being like, you ate this much candy and then no you got sick. You feel sick. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than, you know, I think opening it up to a conversation and asking questions in an open ended fashion to really mm-hmm. talk about it so that they're able to then connect. Oh, it's because yeah. I got sick because of this. So maybe next time I'll think about that. Yeah. Or maybe it would open up to be like, well, I would really like if we had some Oreos in the house, mm-hmm. mom, and maybe there could be like, a real resolution. Yeah. That that can, yeah. That's true. That could have been. So I have to say, my son did have, one of my sons seems to have a little uh, stomach that's, a you know, a little more sensitive than my other son, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so he definitely could tell when he had overdone it. Or I remember him going out with my dad and his wife out, and then they... Uh, I think they went to a stadium to watch a football game or something, and he had hot dogs, and he came home, and he just, every time he <laughs> ate kind of sinus, stuff like that, his stomach was very sensitive to that. So we figured out what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, um, it's yeah. definitely like a trial and error. Anytime that you are trying to raise children in a healthy eating environment, there's going to be some trial and error, and that's yeah. okay. It doesn't just happen overnight. Like, kids don't just become automatic, intuitive eaters. Right. I mean, they are, but then <laughs> they are born that way. <laughs> but then, right. yes, so. Yeah. So now how about the parents that have the Halloween candy in the house? And no matter how they grew up, what are some suggestions you might have for the parents now on how to deal with having that in the house when it's kind of calling to them? Yeah, so I think one thing is uh, making sure that we stick to our regular eating routine. I think that sometimes when we have certain foods in the house that are quote-unquote special that we don't normally have in the house, we might compensate Mm -hmm. and overcompensate by like not by skipping lunch or having a small breakfast and (laughs) maybe do an extra workout. So then your appetite goes up and and you're hungry, hungry. And so then, you know, as you, your brain is like, oh my gosh, like I need to raise my blood sugar. I need some carbs. And then what will happen is you tend to overeat. You tend to overeat those things that are going to give you that quick energy, like candy. And so sticking to your eating routine so that you Mm -hmm. aren't 
going into enjoying candy, just starving, mm-hmm. is a really good approach, especially food that has protein in it, and it's going to help you stay satisfied throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about that a lot with my my clients, that structure, having that structure in place, mm-hmm. especially coming up to with Thanksgiving yeah. and holidays and special meals and parties, that structure and eating throughout the day and eating balance when you eat can really help. I think it's tempting to want to try to bank calories uh-huh. for yes. and I think that's, I mean, it, it, intuitively that makes sense. Oh, I'd want to bank some calories so I can eat more. But what happens is if you, especially if you are normally a good breakfast eater and a good lunch eater, if you skip one of those meals and then you go to the after work holiday party, you're really setting yourself up for not doing well, you know, for eating more than you intended. And I think that's, I think that's such a good, you know, we talk about when we send kids out trick or treating, don't send them out hungry. I think the same Uh thing applies here with holiday parties and Christmas meals and things like that to not, you know, if it's Thanksgiving morning, eat breakfast. If your meal's not till two o'clock, that's not going to work. If you, you know, you're more likely to snack while preparing the meal. You're more likely to overeat when it is time to eat. You're not going to feel well. You're going to be cranky if you've not eaten. So get up and eat a normal breakfast on on Thanksgiving. I think that's, yeah. you know, that sets yourself up for success. It's not about banking calories. Right. It's about setting yourself up for success. Absolutely. Timing is important. And I think that's often forgot. Yep. I agree. Right. As we get into sweet season with the holidays, and I, I said one year at work, it seemed like every time I left my office, I would come back to my office and there would be a different treat sitting on my desk than when I had left. <laughs> so when we get into cookies appearing in break rooms and fudge and all of those types of things, how do you suggest that people handle that in terms of you know, do you, you feel like, because I think some things people like they have to, you know, get rid of it, give it away. What suggestions do you have for people as they get into the season where everything's sort of available all the time? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, even when I go home, my parents, they're dentists, but people are like, we must give you cookies and <laughs> the special popcorn with the sugar on it. And so when I go see my parents, it's always around. And so because I don't want work in an office anymore that I can understand what you're saying and <laughs> the, the temptation is real and so you know first off maybe noticing like what time of day are you going in there and are you that you're grabbing the candy like is it your body telling you that maybe it's time for a more balanced snack so maybe do you have other foods and that you keep at the office do you have trail mix or nuts do you have string cheese or yogurt or something with some protein in it mm-hmm that you know you can enjoy and then enjoy some candy again so that you feel a little bit more satisfied mm-hmm. or ask yourself oh am i am i staying hydrated a lot of people forget to drink water throughout the day and especially as we're getting into the colder months because we're not feeling as thirsty because it's right. chilly out so we're not necessarily sweating but we you know can still be dehydrated even if we I'm sweaty and Mm -hmm. and so making sure to drink water and keeping I always have a water bottle I keep with me throughout the day Mm -hmm. and by having it there it prompts me to drink it and that that's really really helpful and then also like where is the candy 
as sto- being stored at, at your office or wherever you work? Is yeah. it right on the table when you walk in? Is it possible you could move it to maybe a higher space that's just a little bit more inconvenient? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that you can do. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned hydration. This has been one terrible side effect of wearing a mask all day. Oh, from the yes. Is I notice that I don't drink nearly enough. Wow. Because it's the inconvenience of taking down the mask and, yep. and then getting back and washing my hands again that I find that I can get to mid afternoon and like, I have not had very much to drink today because I, that's, I said, it's been a very surprising side effect of wow. being masked all day at work. Yeah. Is I, I struggle to get enough fluids. And so I think that's a great suggestion. You yeah. know, we should never consider water or hydration to be a substitute for a meal because right. our bodies are smarter than that. But I think when we forget to drink water to stay hydrated, especially as we get into the adult beverage season as well. Uh-huh. Yes. And it's another way to kind of stretch adult beverages through parties is uh-huh. to drink water in between kind of, you know, because adult beverages tend to be quite high in calories. If you can stretch that alcohol with, you know, some water or even make spritzers or something like that, it's a great way to, to handle that as yeah. well. Yeah, it's funny. Like we said, if, if, if it's less convenient to grab candy from a higher shelf, it's it's just like with that it's it's if it's inconvenient to your water bottle or however you drink water if it's a little bit inconvenient we don't do it right it works it works both ways right Um, yeah I know for me I have a water bottle I got one with a straw and that Mm. helps because then I can just kind of stick it under my mask Mm. wherever I am rather than having to like pull it up or down and then like drink water having a water bottle with a straw has been a game changer I have to say interesting good Mm -hmm. idea yeah I like that tip (laughs) I like your idea of making the treats less convenient but I also think when we think about Thanksgiving think about those foods that are just everyday foods you know if you have store-bought rolls that somebody's brought to the office potluck and they're just okay Right. Can you put those for something that's really fabulous and good? I yeah. think that's a good a good tip to say, well, somebody's brought in a casserole you just love. Don't feel like you have to restrict it. But if you can skip something else because it's just okay or if it's store-bought cookies and you don't really care for them, yeah. then you don't. Yeah. yeah. In my mind, yeah, the, the rolls are the last thing I feel like I need to have somebody bring to Thanksgiving dinner because I feel like I like the dressing, the stuffing, you know, yeah. I, I'd rather eat that than a roll because I don't get that all the time. Right. Yeah. So kind of like prioritize. Yes. Almost the order that you're going to go for if it's like a big spread like that. If yeah. you're at a holiday party or Thanksgiving and you have a, you usually have a table with tons of things. And so mm-hmm. looking at me like, what is the thing I don't? get to have all the time and I'm going to make sure that I prioritize and I have that and then if for some reason your body is still telling you that you're still not full yeah at the end maybe you'll get a little bit of that roll and maybe you'll dip it in the cranberry sauce or whatever right and <laughs> that's great but yeah, yeah prioritizing it yeah it's a great suggestion for people <laughs> I think as parents get ready for you know, additional holiday parties, especially with their kids. I think it's really important for parents to speak well of their own bodies through this holiday season, because to me, that is almost the number one thing that if I'm working with a a child in a larger body, nine times out of 10, the parent speaks poorly of their own body 
speaks poorly of, oh, I better diet after this holiday yeah. season. I better, I better go on a diet. I can't eat that. Or I'm, you know, trying to, I'm, I'm gaining 10 pounds through the holiday season. First of all, A, that's not physically possible. Right. Yeah. And the holiday season, that's, it's not possible. Um, but I think the really the important thing is how parents speak about themselves because so much of what kids do is modeling their parents' behavior. If the parents are on a diet, inevitably the child is going to be on a diet. It just seems to be the way it works. Absolutely. Being yeah. a role model for your kids is so important and they're always watching you mm -hmm. from, I mean, self-esteem and, you know, self-confidence. These things begin in early childhood. Even if you don't realize you're like, oh, they barely can form a full sentence. It's just like, does it matter? Absolutely. They're watching you, whether the thing you're doing is positive or negative. Mm -hmm. And that goes for every kind of behavior, but especially in eating. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. They are little sponges and they are watching everything. And I think your point too of talking about, you know, most of us adults, there we always tend to think about the things we don't like about our body. And actually I just did a, I went to a professional meeting and we were talking about positive body image. And I think the takeaway I took from that was focus on telling yourself something positive about your body every day. Find something that you feel, you know, grateful for. What does your body do that you're grateful for? The body's amazing at adapting. And I think one of the things that they threw out there was just like, how many heartbeats a day does your heart do? I think it's like 100, I, I don't know, 415,000 or I don't know. I should look that up real quick. But it's like, you know, whatever it is, it's like, wow, my heart is beating, you know, and that's amazing. Or, you know, so even if you're start starting off and you're really struggling to find something that you like about your body, you can just appreciate the fact that your body's heart is beating or, yeah. you know, that things are working properly yes. with <laughs> you're able to lift things, you know, and yeah, yeah. some of us struggle with that. And so what are was what is it that you can be positive about your body? I really like that and talking that and I, I bet there are so many listeners out there that if they sit and they really think about it, they will be like, oh my gosh, I do say these things because right away you're like, right. well, I never talk to my kids about diet. I never do that. Right. But if you really think about it, like what are the things that you're commenting on with your yeah. own self? And it can be pretty eye-opening. So mm -hmm. it's important because we are seeing, while, I mean, it seems a little bit counterintuitive but you know we're seeing higher rates of obesity in adulthood mm -hmm. but we're also seeing a higher prevalence of eating disorders mm -hmm. as well so yeah. both of those things are happening and i think what i'm also seeing with covid we're also seeing a big spike in obesity with the kids too so it's really like i feel like we're on the precipice of if we don't figure this out and learn a way to talk to our kids and have them have a healthy relationship with food because of everything that happened with COVID. Our kids are not as active. They're gaining weight and you know what I mean? So although, yeah, that's a concern, we also have to be careful about the way it's approached. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about kids and hearing about obesity and kids. The person, the people who don't need to hear about that are the kids. Right. That's a that's an adult issue that needs to be dealt with. A lot of it's economic inequality. You know, it, a lot of it's 
socioeconomic uh, factors, schools being open or closed, right. uh, yeah, uh-huh. activities being canceled. Mm-hmm. That's, to me, like, that's all interesting for us as adults to talk about. But for kids to hear, you're more obese now because right. of COVID, or you're gaining weight, the, 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 the ears that don't need to hear those right. are on the kids' bodies because all that's going to do is create a complex. I think it's definitely something for policymakers, adults, you know, you know, people who make policy about what we're going to do about schools long term and activities and those types of things. That's that's to me. I, I worry about when we talk about childhood obesity because you know, if my kid heard that, I think, mm-hmm. well, what would he think? Right. You think that's directed at him? Right. And, and that's I, why I, I think it's important to focus on that positive the positives that are going on yeah so and even around you know eating behaviors we use this term process praise where you basically when you are praising a child first off don't you know try to avoid you know praising them for their looks even if you think it's a positive thing because then someone if there's another kid around that's they're going to hear that and be like oh well you know what about my hair right you know and and instead when we are around kids and we want to say, wow, like we don't want to necessarily make it a big deal that they ate their vegetables because they, sh- you know, right. but, but saying, Hey, like I notice it's this noticing language. I'm noticing that you are eating your vegetables, you know, they help you, you know, from getting sick and they help, mm-hmm. you know, help you grow big and strong. And, and so that's a really a good way to kind of turn that conversation and, and make it more, more conducive to those healthy behaviors, noticing, language and mm-hmm. process praise is a really great thing for parents to to do with their kids and how they're talking to them. And I think it goes both ways. You know, if you're praising a child who's smaller in a smaller body, uh, if you're praising that smaller, thinner child, what a great little figure you have or something like that, that is praising. You feel like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a positive yeah. praise, like good. But really that leads them to believe if I'm not this size forever, right. that's not a positive thing. Exactly. It's it's so crazy how we know it's not okay to like call someone fat, but we it's okay and it's a societal norm to be able to praise people for being small. Oh, you're so small. Oh, you're tiny. I mean, I used to be a dancer, and people always felt that they were allowed to comment on my body because I was a smaller size. Uh-huh. But that was really hard for me because exactly like you're saying, Amy, it made me start to overcompensate and be like, well, I guess I need to be this size forever because that's what people notice. And I like the, you know, it's like, like good, good attention for like a second, but then mm-hmm. in the long run, it's really dangerous. So it's so crazy. Yeah. I, I wish yeah. that people understood that, we should just not even be commenting on anybody's bodies. Right. Even if we right. think it's a compliment because it's dangerous. Right. Right. I saw a meme. It was like, when is it okay to comment on another's body? Never. 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 It's never okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know what they are, what's going on with them because we can never make judgments based on our appearance. Right. You just can't. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting better about commenting, oh, what a cute scarf. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. or you really happy and relaxed today. I'm trying to find those other comments. And, you know, we often get that, oh, have you lost weight comment? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, skinny. What are you doing? Right. Uh, and especially as you get into holiday parties, if you've changed sizes this year, either way. 
Right. If you're seeing these people at Christmas that you only see once a year, or if because of COVID you haven't seen them maybe for two or three years, right. you may hear more body comments this year. I yes. anticipate that for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Either way that, you know, you may hear comments that are positive or negative. You may hear comments that, again, are praising somebody in a smaller body. Maybe they did lose weight during COVID mm -hmm. and they're getting that positive reinforcement. But again, that, that positive reinforcement comes with a darker side, that right. if they regain that weight, which inevitably they will, especially if they did it in a traditional dieting way, uh -huh. they regain that weight, yeah. it's sending a very dangerous message. Yes. And then there's, yes, there, that's a big vicious cycle. So staying away from that, focusing on other comments such as, you know, just thank you so much for having us. And yeah, just. What are your kids just, doing? You know, right. How are you doing? How are your kids? Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to praise. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Michelle, for being with us today. You're welcome. Uh, we are just thrilled to have you on again. I think you have fantastic insight, especially when we talk about feeding families, because that is, that's a really tricky thing to do. Yes. You know, it's hard enough to feed ourselves sometimes when we think about the little ones, you you don't want to mess them up with food for their whole life. Right, you know, right. You wanna, and sometimes you even look back at things maybe you've said in your life, like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh. And you, that's not a permanent damage, but, you know, how can we be more positive? And right. especially as we get into this holiday season, thinking about those extra foods that are going to be around. And then, like I said, thinking about you're going to be seeing some people maybe you haven't seen for a while. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. <laughs> for a while, you know, how are you going to handle those body comments? So again, the bottom line is, is it okay to comment on somebody's body? No, no, it is never okay. Never. okay. So. <laughs> right. You are. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'll be happy to come back anytime. Well, we will yep. take you up on that. And for our listeners, just to let you know, we are working on our next episode. We will be focusing on artificial sweeteners and as it relates to diabetes, November is diabetes month. And so you can look for that podcast to come out later in November. Yep. So thank you for joining us. If you have any questions for us, you can reach us at dish at secretliferd.com. You can follow us on Instagram at The Secret Life Dietitians, and we'll see you next time wherever you get your podcasts.